WDIY Lehigh Valley Public Radio presents Lehigh Valley Discourse. Provocative, informative, and newsworthy, Lehigh Valley Discourse brings you the people and the issues that move and shape our region here on WDIY. If it's six o'clock on a Thursday evening, that means Lehigh Valley Discourse here on WDIY, 88.1 FM, WDIY.org, and our WDIY app. I'm your host, John Pierce. Our engineer this evening, James Johnson, always ready at the controls. This evening's topic is mental illness slash mental health. My first guest is Cindy Ross, who is an author, photographer, speaker, just in from New Ringgold, PA. Right, Cindy? (laughs) Schuylkill County. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. For the past 40 years, author Cindy Ross has found peace, happiness, and a sublime sense of contentment while walking and cycling the endless trails that are sewn into the fabric of the North American continent. I like that expression. Thank you. Sewn into the fabric. She has crossed the 2,100-mile Appalachian Trail as a single woman, penning and illustrating her first book, A Woman's Journey on the Appalachian Trail. Her sixth book, Scraping Heaven, A Family's Journey Along the Continental Divide, is the rousing adventure of a family's incredible five-summer, five summers. Right. They were, they were very small, and we could only hike two months out of the year before the snow started. 3,100-mile <laughs> <laughs> trek over the rooftop of North America. I never heard of the rooftop of North America. It's the Continental Divide. Ah, They use llamas as kid carriers and packers to carry supplies and diapers across the Rocky Mountains. Please, it's, I'm, I'm aching for you right now. <laughs> what an adventure. The entire journey took five summers, hiking 500 miles at a shot. And then her newest book, The World is Our Classroom, How One Family Used Nature and Traveled to Shape an Extraordinary Education. One of Cindy's passions is spreading the word on the role of natural world plays in educating our children and how to get them outdoors. And Cindy, your emphasis here on the latest book, Walking Toward Peace, Veterans Healing on America's Trails, is the subject of veterans returning from war scenes. Right, but some of them are that we help are even Vietnam vets that have returned many, many decades ago, but still are are suffering um, with their moral injury or trauma that they had a long time ago that they still you know take take to bed with them every night and have nightmares. So we help. I have a nonprofit called Riverhouse PA, and um, and that some of the veterans that we've helped over the last eight years are in Walking Towards Peace. But, you know, most of the guys we do help and women are from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. But, but, but the folks from Vietnam are still struggling, too. So there's a few Vietnam veterans in my book, and we certainly still help them. Right. And so you and your husband are involved in these activities, correct? Right. Let's mm-hmm. give him a shout-out. What's Todd his name? Gladfelter. He's a, a chainsaw carving artist, but he is my, my right-hand person and helps me with our events. We, we normally take them out hiking, 
but we've done, um, you know, paddles and inner tubes, and we have big campfire dinners at our log home that we we live at the base of Hawk Mountain Sanctuary, and it's their sanctuary to the veterans where we, we come together and, and show them the outdoors. We're trying, John, to remind them if they have forgotten um, about the the sanctuary of nature and that is it is their true home and they can find peace there so that they can go home to their families and and take them out into the outdoors and go for a walk it doesn't cost anything and even if you can't walk you know we've taken guys in wheelchairs on the trails just to get them outdoors oh interesting so what your emphasis is on getting people out into nature, be they veterans, be they children, and getting them, I suppose, away from looking at screens all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, COVID was hard on everybody. The, you know, mental illness challenges just, you know, went sky high over the last two years. And and parallel that, we've seen more and more people on the trails riding bikes and hiking. It's hard to even buy a, be able to buy a bicycle right now. So that's all real positive. But with, as far as the veterans go, um, you know, they take their PTSD, post-traumatic stress, and the whole family is impacted by it. So it's good for the whole family to get out into nature. So not only the vets themselves, but they'll take along a spouse, children. We have some events where the whole family can come, yeah. yeah. The, the the veterans in my book, Walking Towards Peace, um, are just their individual stories. There's 25 veterans that are featured both and hiking both short and long distance. So I don't talk about their families in the book, but it's their personal story of their journey to healing um, after their, their war trauma. And one of those folks was named Steve. Steve Clendenning. <clears throat> yes, and here is a quote. I was a big, tough Marine a few years back. I killed a lot of people. I hunted humans. The military takes some things away from you in order to enable you to kill your fellow man and keep yourself alive. What a statement. I know. But once you return to normal life, those are the same things that you need in order to function. I've always been a sensitive guy, and after I became wounded and gathered up what remained of my best friend, oh man, this is, it hurts to read this, in Iraq, I became even more sensitive, and then I broke. I cry when I'm moved. I scream like a little kid when I get scared or surprised. I have a lot of Marine friends who are still acting tough and playing the hard, mean act and drinking heavily. For me, I'm on the long road back to myself, and the Appalachian Trail helped me find my way. Don't be mistaken, I may not have walked every mile in every blaze, but what I did this summer will forever live with me as the most adventurous, most breathtaking, and by far the most emotional thing I've ever done. I have a wonderful uh, second story about that, John. When my book came out, I gifted all the veterans in my book a copy of it, and then I took their portraits, which my son, Bryce Gladfelter, made these beautiful portraits of them, of each individual veteran. And so I, we blew up their portraits, and I matted and framed it, and I sent it to them. And when that book and the portrait arrived, Steve's mother was at his house. Now, Steve has ha had another whole family with older boys who wouldn't speak to him most of his life because mm. 
when he came back from the war, he was a mess, and his wife divorced him, trash-talked him to his kids, and he has spent the last, I don't know, 12, 15 years trying to get them to, to listen to him so that he could tell him how much he loved him and how broken he was. So when the mom was there and she saw my book, she asked if she could buy a copy, and she sent it to his sons. And and now they're they've reunited and they're close and they love each other and he says it's all because that this book came out. So when when I heard that, and and you know he's been crying about it for for the last months. That's so happy that he reconnected with his kids. I said if this is all that comes out of this book, then that was worth it because we got him back with his family. Absolutely, what a story! I know I was so touched by that. Yes, indeed helping not only the vet, but his family reconnect with him. So Steve continues and says, My walk sure didn't cure things in six months, but it gave me even more appreciation for life when I realized I was still alive after being hit in Fallujah. I may never be the same person I was before Iraq, but Mother Nature sure did give me a place to take it easy and smell the roses. And so that's what you're promoting. Right getting out there into nature as therapy. And there's a lot of wonderful research done in my book that I did when I was working on it for seven years um, about what happens to your mind and your brain. It isn't just the exercise that makes you feel good, but you're actually creating different brain waves um, that make you feel, feel good. And the walking stimulates the kind of things in your head where you can you know, work out issues and become clear, you know, the, the movement instead of just sitting in their basements, just ruminating or playing their video games, you know, they're not, they're not looking at anything or working anything out. And the walking helps them mostly just accept and, um, and forgive themselves. It's, it's a process, but, but going for walks in nature seems to be able to do that for them. Such a simple thing. I know. More so yeah. than some of these guys that were on the Appalachian Trail that I write about, they left down in Georgia on on 12 different meds. That's how many some of them are on. I think Steve was on was on 12. And then they slowly wean themselves off. It takes about 800 to 1,000 miles till they stop having nightmares. But it works. But there's some guys in here that, you know, they only they only can go out for a walk every day in nature. They can't get away for five, six months to hike the whole Appalachian Trail, and wow. it still works for them. So uh, we've been talking about the Appalachian Trail, and I'm curious about the pronunciation. I've heard <laughs> Appalachian. What's the difference? They say south of the, of the Mason-Dixon line, they say Appalachian. Okay. Since we're north, I say Appalachian. <laughs> So my guest this evening on the first part of Lehigh Valley Discourse is Cindy Ross, who has written, is it eight books? Nine. Nine books. She's out with her ninth book now, Walking Toward Peace, in which she helps veterans with their healing. She calls it Veterans Healing on America's Trails, very often with PTSD. Now, you mentioned, Cindy, that not every veteran comes back with PTSD. Is if there, if is, anyone's been in combat or been around combat, they say pretty much they have post-traumatic stress. Oh, they might yeah. not get... Be diagnosed. Right, because mm-hmm. then, yeah, I mean, they might be able to receive ben- different benefits usually, but they, they believe it's a stigma, some of those guys, but then they don't get the help that they need to, so... 
It's time for us to take a break here on Lehigh Valley Discourse. I'm John Pierce, your host. We'll be back in just a moment. Stick around. Greetings. I'm Greg Caponia, the Executive Director of WDIY. On behalf of all of us at the station, we offer a very heartfelt thank you for your support over the past several weeks during our fall fund drive. You, the listener, have once again shown WDIY your kindness that will allow us to keep providing great NPR programming and local music. So thanks again. We couldn't be here without you. And we're back on Lehigh Valley Discourse, WDIY 88.1 FM, WDIY.org, and our WDIY app. I'm John Pierce, your host, talking with Cindy Ross, who had her formal education in fine arts painting, attending the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts in Philadelphia. She illustrated four of her books. That's interesting. Not too many authors illustrate their own books, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But that's your background. She lives along the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania. We already said New Ringgold. Let's give a shout out to that little town with her husband, Todd, in a log home. That's what she calls it, a log home that they built themselves from raw trees. Now, you're not saying you were born in a log home that you built yourself, right? No, I came from a suburbs outside Reading. And so my husband came from a suburb outside York, like perfectly normal people. But <laughs> I, I actually, I, my book right before Walking Towards Peace came out called The Log Cabin Years. I talk about how we use our property and our home to give back, whether we're hosting Appalachian Trail hikers or or we have our veterans there um, after our events. So actually, that book was illustrated by myself, too. But You know, part of our goal is to, and part of the angst of these veterans when they come back is trying to find something of value to do with themselves, especially the ones that are 100% disabled. You know, they can get a decent amount of money to live off of, but they still need something to do with themselves. And, you know, they've, especially the ones that were in for their for their whole military career and then retired, um, they're used to service and, and giving to people. And, and so they need to find something of value to do. And so we try to help them with designing a lifestyle going forward, too. Um, we've gotten some veterans involved with um, a veterans organic farming program through Rodale. So that, that helps them figure out a way uh, to feel worthwhile because that's part of the problem. It's it's everyone's problem. You know, everyone wants a lifestyle like that. So that's that we're a good example for them. They don't have to live off the land and and build their own home, but they see how it's not just the piece of going for a walk in nature. It's, it's our whole life and our lifestyle. And, and that's good for them to see that and, and want that for themselves too. That's good for us to hear about it too. Cindy Ross, who has written a book called Walking Toward Peace, Veterans Healing on America's Trails. And from the book jacket, Walking Toward Peace explores the intimate stories of veterans who have wrestled with post-traumatic stress disorder through a process called ecotherapy. What in the world is ecotherapy? Just just using the natural world to help you heal. (laughs) Okay, that's a new word for me. Spending time in nature to promote healing and mental health. 
They have found new tools to deal with issues resulting from combat experiences. Survivors' guilt, nightmares, lack of trust, depression, hypervigilance, thoughts of suicide, and lack of purpose. Some veterans profiled have gone to extremes, spending months on long-distance expeditions, such as hiking the 3,100-mile Continental Divide Trail or canoeing the 2,300-mile Mississippi River. For others, however, brief excursions in the outdoors can offer an opportunity for healing. So, Cindy, is it challenging or difficult or frustrating to do this important work with the veterans? Uh, the only thing that's that's frustrating and makes me sad is when they go backwards because um, we, we work and have worked with um, some veterans, hospitals, and rehab medical centers um, with their recreational therapists. And they, will, they, they used to bring us vans of the veterans that were in rehab programs. So it was drug and alcohol, substance abuse, or homelessness, or PTSD. And they would bring us up to 24 veterans at a time. And so we would take them out on excursions and events. And, um, and sometimes we'd see them over and over again, like three, four times back in the program because they made some poor choices. Now, when they, you say program... These are rehab what, programs that so, when they get so low and screw up so bad, they go back into rehab. And how long would they be in rehab, say? Um, some of them, I think they're usually six weeks, but they can stay in for... They can transition from being in the dormitory to being in, in uh, transitional housing. They can even get a job there. So... You know, some of our vets we've been working with for eight years, um, and so sometimes they they disappear, and you know they're having trouble. Um, I talked to my one my one veteran friend, who's doing great right now. My girlfriend gave her him her old Prius, and he uses it to pick up vets, and they go. He takes them fishing and mountain biking to help him have a little group of veterans, younger veterans. But you know they disappear sometime. And when he did, he, you know, he told me, he said, I was addicted to heroin for 10 years after I came out of the military. And, and uh, he said, we're all doing good until we're not. And, and that makes me sad because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've lost two of them already to suicide. So, you know, we try to help them as much as we can. And some of them I, that come to feel like they're my kids, my sons. And so you worry about, I've had, I had four of them call me last Christmas, on Christmas Eve, saying they were done. And, and uh, I had to talk him off the cliff. You know, and my background is fine arts painting, and I'm a writer, so it's not like I have background in therapy or I, I'm a counselor, but, you know, I care about him and I love him, and sometimes that's all it takes to, to talk him off the cliff. And, exactly. And I, you know, okay. ultimately I have to say you, you need help. You need to go get help, and, and, and hopefully they'll do that instead of making a bad decision. Right. What can our listeners do to help out? Uh, to do their part to help struggling veterans? What would be your advice there? Well, actually, the first thing I think would help is to buy my book and read it, or you can listen to it if you can't handle reading. Some of these veterans, for whatever reason, can't read or won't read. So there, it is an audio. And someone someone wrote a review and it said that like every every person in America should be aware of these stories because... We don't have a clue, John, what they're going through unless they unless you're a veteran, a combat veteran yourself, you know, they just don't tell 
and share what they shared with me in this book. And so the level of, of your empathy can just expand like crazy once you read their stories and then you can understand what they've been through. Number one, then we can all work towards not having any more wars. <laughs> but number two, uh, it's, I think it's our response, all of our responsibility to help them get better. You know, the VA is just completely overwhelmed with, with, with veterans that are, are experiencing, you know, trauma and PTSD and, and they're just slipping through the cracks. There's so many that die 20, uh, 20 a day. That's, that's active duty and, and uh, vet, veterans that are out, out of the military. So wow. I think that, you know, we can do something to help and, you know, make yourself aware of their stories and then, and then reach out a hand to a veteran that you might know or a friend or family might know and just take them for a take them for a walk take them for a little hike and show them this world you don't have to ask them how many people they killed or whatever that's a stupid question that so many of these guys get asked you know it's too private and personal it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what matters is is helping them get better and and being out in nature really works. There's lots of ways that works that work. I mean, there's art, there's music. It all helps writing, but but this is easy, you know. And there's a chapter in my book, John, about a, a group of of Marines that are involved in what's called Bamba, Berks Area Mountain Bike Association in Berks County, and they build. Um, trails all over uh, the two mountains outside of Reading for adaptive cycles and they help they help uh, uh, disabled uh, kids adults anybody whether it's mental or physical to get on adaptive mountain bikes and so they're all paralyzed and can't hike but they they ride these mountain bikes and some of these guys are like kneeling and they have hand cycles where they they use their hands to do everything breaking and shifting and you know they 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 can't fall over because they can't get back on their bikes so they go with other people but it's very inspiring that even if you can't walk anymore you can still get get out into nature on the trails by by doing adaptive cycling so and there's there's resources in my book of different organizations that can help you too the author is cindy ross her latest book is walking toward peace and she's giving us some tips here about what we can do to help veterans even those of us who like you don't have any background particularly in psychology or in therapy but you're, or the military. Or the military. <laughs> but you're doing therapy anyway in your own way. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, John, just caring about about people is, I guess, therapy. You know, everyone, yes, needs, to, yes. everyone needs to know someone cares about them and, you know, picks up the phone. It's like, are you okay? I haven't heard from you for right. a while. And it's like, no, I'm not doing okay. It's like, okay, let's and, go for a walk. Yes, and many times... We don't, it's not what we say so much, it's just being there. Mm -hmm. It's like pets being used for therapy. Right. You know, the the dogs and cats don't verbalize anything. Absolutely. They don't have a conversation, but they do tremendous help. Yes. There's quite a few guys, I think there might be three or four in the book that also have have, um, pet therapy pets that, and take them out hiking and it's just this one more dimension of, of help that they have that really works. That's great. You're working almost exclusively with men coming back from military service? Well, you know, the women seem to hide um, and have to have to take care of their lives. You know, a lot of them are mothers and maybe single mothers. And 
you know, it's just a population, the female veterans that really, you know, and so many of them besides being in combat have been, you know, sexually abused in the military mm-hmm. and have been raped. So they've got this double whammy of PTSD, mm-hmm. but they're really hard to reach. Of course, there aren't as many, but they're busy, you know, doing, working on, and surviving um, and don't seem don't seem to get into rehab as much as the men. But I haven't I haven't worked with tons of women, but of course we do have some. So many sad stories. Was it difficult to get veterans to trust you with their very personal stories? No, because <laughs> because we acted right away, like we cared about them. Like when the vans used to come from the rehab medical centers, they, they told the other guys that haven't been there before, she's going to hug you when she sees you. She's Italian, and you just be prepared for that. And if you know someone got out of the van and I didn't, find them and I didn't hug them they would say yo you know I didn't get a hug so and then they leave <laughs> acting and feeling like they're like they're members of our family and can get in touch with us on their own if they want to so it doesn't take long uh, for them to care to see that we care about them and then afterwards John too we always have these campfire dinners and they they often go around the campfire talking about what the experience meant to them and you know I'm not I'm not talking about you know, high adventure. We just like went for a walk in the woods or paddled paddled in on a lake and had a, you know, sometimes we make hand cranked ice cream. But some of these guys are saying like it was like the best day in their lives. And, and you know, they're, they're, they get emotional and cry and saying how touched they were that someone like us reached out and cared about them. And then Todd and I realized, wow, doesn't feel like it's that much what we're doing. But evidently it, it, ripples out and you can have a big impact. Yes, indeed. So what are some of the greatest gifts that you have gleaned through your work, years of working with veterans closely and your work on the book? I think, you know, I was thinking about this, John, because we we might be completely different political affiliation than some of the military people, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we don't talk about politics or religion it doesn't I might go on their Facebook page and get like shocked and horrified at some of the things that they post and we are polarized in our political beliefs but it doesn't matter we share good times in the woods and care about each other as human beings and this has taught me that that is more important than than who you vote for and it's been a great bridge um, and showed us that we don't need to discuss that. I mean, I know that sometimes they say it's important to have conversations, but for me, they never seem to end well. So we just avoid that. <laughs> care about care about each other and spend fun times in the woods, and and we and we go forward instead of backwards. And you have you have a big heart, obviously, and your husband to uh, to be helping all these folks. Cindy, you mentioned an organization that you have. How would people get in touch with you at that organization? Uh, so we have a website. It's called uh, riverhousepa.wordpress.com. That's how you can find it. But my email is cindyrosstraveler at gmail.com. That's the best way. I'm looking for ways to try to reach more veterans, more families that might know veterans that might want to help them. Uh, I have people say to me, well, what can I do? And it's like, well, you don't certainly don't have to start a nonprofit like we did, but you know, if there's vets everywhere, you know, the, your neighbor down the street or your best friend's brother or something like that, you know, invite your friend and your and yourself and go for a walk in one of the wonderful places 
either a park or the trails around the Lehigh Valley. There's tons of them and just show them that world out there. Um, you don't have to ask them about their military experiences. Just take them out for a walk in nature. How simple. The, the, more, the more people I can reach um, to let them know about how much nature can heal, um, I'm all about. Yes, indeed. Well, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our little chat here, Cindy. Thank you so much for coming over to WDIY once again. It's always wonderful to uh, come over in the Lehigh Valley, come over the mountain into another county and, yeah. and share with this community. So this is Cindy Ross. And her book is Walking Toward Peace. So, dear listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thanks to James Johnson for his great work on the board. I'm your host, John Pierce. And until we meet again, remember to be gentle with your neighbor.